What's up, y'all? Thank you for stopping by the Bible Study Corner. My name is Isaiah, and today we're going to be continuing our topic on the study of trust. Now, when we last left off, uh, we were talking about how the Bible's clear. It, can't, it says that we can't put trust into people. We're going to explain that a little bit more. And today, we're going to talk more about how we are supposed to interact with others. And we don't have many scriptures for this, but the scriptures that we do have covers what we're getting ready to what we're getting ready to hit on. So today, we're gonna look so more so into how we're supposed to interact with each other, seeing how we can't put trust into each other. But before we do get started, I just ask that if you enjoy our Bible studies, that you subscribe to us on YouTube. You know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, so that way you can see more of our content and everything else that we that we do on the Bible study corner. Now let's go ahead and address the biggest uh, the biggest elephant in the room right now, which is if I can't trust anyone, how am I supposed to interact with other people? And the answer to that question is found in John chapter 15 verse 17 and that reads, and I'm reading this from the uh, New Living Translation, that reads, I demand that you love each other. Simple as that. And let me be very clear on this because I don't want any confusion whatsoever when I talk about love. So when this doesn't necessarily mean in a romantic sense, we're talking about that brotherly love, that love that you, you don't even know them, but you care about them. It doesn't have to be romantic. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. We're talking about a brotherly love, a type of love where you care about someone you don't even know. Their well-being matters to you. That's the kind of love we're talking about and the kind of love that Jesus is talking about in John 1517, what we just read. So before we move on to our next topic, let's just make this very clear. If you call yourself a Christian, then you are called to love everyone with that brotherly love you're supposed to love everyone because god loves you in a way that you can't even begin to understand so it doesn't matter where that person come from how mean that person may be how jacked up some some people may be you're supposed to love regardless period that's all we're going to say on that moving on so next we understand that we're supposed to love each other regardless of where we come from instead of trust we're supposed to love but how do you demonstrate that love is an even better question. And the answer to that is found in the book of Corinthians in chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. Now, just a little background. The book of Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul, and he was addressing the church of the church of Corinth. And he was uh, he was hearing news about how they were mistreating each other and how they were demonstrating that Christ-like type of love to each other. So he wrote this book to he wrote this letter to the church of to the church of Corinthians to help them get back on track. And in the passage we're about to read, it explains how you love one another or how you treat each other. The first part of that says love is patient. Always remember that God was patient with you when you didn't even deserve his patience. He was always patient with you when you know you was only worthy of his wrath, then that tells us that we need to be a little bit more patient with folks, even though we know they don't deserve our patience. You love them by showing your patience with them, by, by demonstrating patience with that person. Next, Paul writes to the Corinthians, you love by being kind. I really don't understand why people call themselves Christians and then turn around and being rude and mean as snakes to people they don't even know. That's portraying the wrong idea of who Christ is. For instance, I don't get this part. Why people, like, they see somebody homeless on the street. I'm not saying them ignoring them is being, isn't being kind or anything like that. That's a different topic. But somebody walk up to them, uh, ma'am, miss, do you have any change? No, I don't got no change. Go on, get a job. What? No. You don't even have to do all that. If you don't got change, just say, no, I'm sorry, but I can keep you in prayer. 
It's, that's the better way of doing it. Why are we being mean for no reason? I don't get that. You don't know where that person's gone through, what they're going through right now, where they come from. You know, just show a little kindness. You know, it, it don't. It, it's free to be kind. It don't kill nobody to be a little kind. Next, Paul writes you love by not bragging on yourself. Oh God, let me tell you, this is the most arrogant generation I've ever seen in my life. I've only been alive for 26 years, so I don't know how to say something. How can you talk about you love someone when all you can do is just brag about how cool and how delicious you are and then how bomb.com you are and all that? I know that sounds really corny. I don't care. This is just how I talk. But how can you say you love someone and you demonstrate love to people if you mostly loving on yourself? You know, put yourself to a side for a second. You know, focus on somebody else. You love others by focusing on people, not just yourself. Yes, it's important to love yourself. But when loving yourself becomes more important than loving other people, you got a problem. You're arrogant. Next, Paul writes, love doesn't demand its own ways. Or in other words, love doesn't try to force its ways on somebody else. You love by, you don't love someone by trying to force something on someone else. At the end of every Bible study I do, I hold, a, I hold what I call a virtual altar call. This is your chance for you to get closer to the Lord Jesus if you never met him, if you never asked for him to be your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity for you to do so, right? But I leave it as an opportunity and a chance. Yes, I may do it in every Bible study, but I'm not forcing it down anybody's throat. This is all up to you. I simply just lead the way and I let, I'm sorry, not lead the way. I simply just give the invitation and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Whether you want to receive it is completely up to you. I'm not going to force it, force it down anybody's throat. And this is what the Bible's talking about. It's not, you're not going to force your ideas, your beliefs, your religions, or whatever. You're not going to force it on people because God gives, God is a God of free will. He's not going to force you to do anything. Everything is up to you. But keep in mind now, I have to say this, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to force anybody. I'm not trying to force anything on anybody. But you have to understand this. God sees past, present, and future. But what I want to focus on right now is the future part. He sees into the future. When he's asking you to do something or when he's offering you something, it's because it's for your benefit. It's going to benefit you either what's coming. It's going to benefit you from by either protecting you from what's coming in the, to, in the future or it's going to benefit you by allowing you to benefit from what's coming. In other words, it, whatever's going to happen in the future is either going to benefit you or it's going to help you. And what you, what you decide to do right now in this moment and what God is trying to offer you is completely up to you. But just know that there's consequences for your action. There's consequences for what you choose. It's not God punishing you. It's you punishing you. A lot of people ask, how does God send people to hell? God don't send nobody to hell. You send yourself to hell by denying the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus, and we'll have a whole another Bible study on why he is the new way to get into heaven. But the Lord Jesus is the only way to get into heaven. He's the only way of making you clean, the only way of purifying you. And when you accept him into your life, then you're accepted into heaven. Because he's clean, he's your way of saying, okay, he's good, sin is good, sin is taken God off of him, he's good because my blood is on but when you say no to him, he's just like, okay, I'm not going to force myself on you. This was your opportunity. If you don't want it, I'm not going to do it. But just believe, just know you're not going to be allowed into the kingdom of heaven without the Lord Jesus. Another way to look at not forcing yourself or your ways on someone else is, you know, not trying to force your ideas. You don't try to force someone to do certain things that you want all because it makes you happy. You know, that. That's not how, that's not love. That's manipulation, you know. That, that's not how this works. Paul says love isn't irritable, isn't irritable or touchy. In other words, 
love isn't easily aggravated. Or a better way of putting it, you don't love or you don't demonstrate love by being so easily irritated by every little thing. Don't get me wrong, certain things you need the Lord Jesus Christ to help your heart on because we're all learning, we're all growing. This isn't me coming down to anybody. This, I'm just simply saying what the Bible says about love. But when it comes down to certain things, you need the Lord Jesus Christ to help fix your heart in that certain area. But you don't love someone and then just, what you want? God, leave me alone. You know, that's not how this works. You know, you don't love, then you're not demonstrating that you love them. You may think, you may feel love towards them, but you being so snappy all the time towards that person, it's going to give off a different idea, dude. They really love me if they yelling at me all the time. Yeah, that's, that's not love. That's just, that's just anger. <laughs> Next, Paul talks about how you love by not always bringing up the past. In other words, you love by not always bringing up how badly somebody treated you. In other words, forgive. And that reads, love is never glad about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. You demonstrate love by being happy when the truth finally comes out, not when somebody's being done wrong. Now, the reason why I say this is a really big problem in our generation or in our world today is because some people just thrive off of gossip. It's amazing. It just... It, it blows my mind how some people live for gossip. They love gossip, and that's the that's the product. That's the that's the end result of gossip. And you you love it more when somebody's doing wrong, and you care less when the truth finally comes out. You just enjoy the suspense. Ooh, honey, the tea. Instead, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. Instead of focusing on hearing the truth or the tea or the gossip or whatever, focus more on being happy when the person when that person finally hears the truth or the truth is finally revealed to them not by them being hurt you know by the things that's going on in their lives because when you focus more on that you demonstrate how much you love that person like when that person finally comes up i finally found out who the father of my child is or i finally found out who my real dad is praise god i'm happy for you man i know that had to be tough on you by you doing that you demonstrate you're demonstrating love Next, Paul writes, if you love someone, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always and always stand your ground. Now, there's two things from that that we, that we can get from that verse. Now, the first thing that we're going to cover on that is this. You love by never giving up on somebody. Now, I have to stop right there because I can be a little bit more specific. Again, we're talking about brotherly love right now, not romantic love. When we're talking about not giving up on somebody, we're not talking about, oh, he cheated on me about 12 times, but I'm still going to stay. No, that's not how they work. I'm sorry. And just to get off topic for a second, you got one time cheated on me, and after that, that's it. After that, we done. But again, if this is talking about the more so brotherly sense, then you always, you always have, you always have hope. Ah, right, that's the second one. What do I do instead of trust? You hope. But we'll talk about that justice. If you love someone in the brotherly sense, then you don't give up the minute that things start getting start getting harder or start getting difficult. Like that person there, there, they call you this, that, and the third. You don't stop loving them. You don't give up on them. You keep praying for them. You keep hoping that they're gonna change. You keep giving the situation to God. You don't give up on that person all because something didn't go your way, or all because things aren't going or things aren't going the way you want or things are getting a little bit too hard right now you don't give up keep praying you keep having hope that that person's going to change and that god's going to deal with that person's heart but also the second part to that that we're going to get from that is this the hope 
what Paul was describing in that verse was hope. You keep hope in some in, in people. This is the biggest chunk of our Bible study, and the reason why is because yes, we already established that we can't put trust in people. And the reason why that is because when you're saying that you're trusting someone, you're basically saying, Well, I know that person won't do me wrong, or I know that person's gonna always do right by me, or that or I know that person's going to live up to my standards. No, you don't. You don't know that because you don't know the future. Only God knows the future. And God knows that we all fall short. We all make mistakes. This is, again, why you can't put trust in the people. When you put hope into somebody, when you're saying that you have hope in someone, you're basically saying, oh, I have hope that they're going to do the right thing. Oh, I, I just hope that, they, that they're going to that they're gonna not do right by me, but they're going to make the right decisions. Or I hope that they're going to be honest with me. That's the difference between trust and hope. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and explain that right now. I couldn't remember word for word, but I wrote down what uh, what an entrepreneur once said. And they said trust is based off of it's based on reliability, confidence, or a belief in someone else. Hope is a desire and an expectation for a particular thing to happen. Let's word what I said earlier. If I have hope in you, that means I want you to do the right thing. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to make right decisions. But I know you're not going to make the right decisions. I know you're going to mess up. This is why I have hope. This is me saying, hey, I I just want I want the best for you. I want so much for you. You have hope in people. You can't put trust in people because people, again, we messed up. We mess up. I mess up. My wife messes up. My daughter's a one-year-old. She messes up. We're people. It's in our human nature because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Sin crept in. And because of sin, we can't put trust in men because we mess up. This is why the Bible says only, push your, only put your trust into God because God won't let you down. You know God's going to always help you out. You know God's going to always be honest with you. You know God's always going to lead you to do the right thing because he is perfect. He's not going to lead you straight. Lord Jesus knows what's best for your life. This is why we can put trust in him and not men. And when it comes down to men, again, I don't want to sound repetitive, but when it comes down to men, no, you don't put trust in them. And when I say men, I mean women and men. I mean mankind. But when it comes down to us, no, you don't put trust in people, but you put all of your hope into them. You put hope because you want them to do right. And when you do this, you're not too discouraged when they don't do right because you already kept the expectation in the back of your head that they may fall short. Because again, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Things happen, we, we mess up, we fall short. Which is why you only put hope into them. You don't put trust in them. So the key takeaway I want everyone to get from this Bible study is this, and we're done. It's just simple as this. Don't put trust in people because you will get disappointed. Put hope in people. Instead of putting your trust in people, put your trust in God. And if you have never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, now is your time to do so. Start trusting in God, trusting in the Lord Jesus. Trust that he died specifically for you. He died for you so you can be close to him once more. Because remember, Lord Jesus was God in flesh. So when you're talking to the Lord Jesus, you're talking to God. When you're saying that you put your trust in him, you're saying you put your trust in him, you're putting your trust in God. So it starts here. If you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be your personal savior, just simply say, Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm sin. I ask that you forgive me. Come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And just and if you mean it from the bottom of your heart, now you can't just be repeating word for word what I say. You have to mean what you're saying. If you mean what you're saying, 
then the Lord Jesus will be able to come into your life and change up everything that's all that seems messed up to you and break up all that foul ground and create in you a new being a new creature in Christ Jesus so today's your chance if you've never done so I invite you to do so now and if you also you know, also if you like feel free to inbox us let you let us know that you pray the prayer of salvation asking the Lord Jesus to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior then feel free to inbox us you know that way we can help you out in your walk, you know, lead you down the right path. So that way you're continually growing in your walk with Christ. But that is the end of our Bible study. It has been a pleasure with learning and teaching with you all. Uh, I got a treat for y'all for the next Bible study. My wife is going to be jumping in on the next one. We're going to be focusing on the topic of dating. So stay tuned, stay blessed. God loves you and so do I.